Welcome to the MSRB's podcast. The Municipal Securities Rulemaking Board podcasts are designed to enhance your understanding of the municipal securities market. I'm Rita McLaughlin, the MSRB's Chief Education Officer. And on today's show, the MSRB's Chief Compliance Officer, Gail Marshall, and Manager of Professional Qualifications, Bree Joyner, will be discussing with us the MSRB's Professional Qualification Standards for Municipal Advisors and for Broker-Dealer Firms and their associated persons who engage in municipal securities and municipal advisor business. Let's welcome Gail and Bree to begin our conversation. So what's the purpose of MSRB Rule G3? G3 does two things. It establishes standards for municipal advisors engaging in municipal advisory activities, such as establishing the terms, making advice on the structure and timing of municipal securities issuance, It also does that for individuals engaging in municipal securities activities, such as underwriting activities, selling municipal securities to investors. That's the first thing. The second thing it does is establish continuing education requirements, which are to ensure that once you have a baseline standard established by passing a qualification test, you maintain that baseline by having annual continuing education requirements. So who does Rule G3 apply to? The rule applies to municipal advisor firms because municipal advisor firms have an obligation to establish a continuing education program for their associated municipal advisor reps and municipal advisor principals. And it applies to individuals engaging in municipal advisory activity on behalf of a municipal advisor. So an individual engaging in municipal advisory activities would be required to take the Series 50. Somebody that supervises or directs the management of those activities at the municipal advisor firm would be deemed a municipal advisor principal, and they'd have to take the Series 50 as well, and soon the Series 54, which we'll talk about a little bit later. With respect to dealers, dealers have an obligation to take the applicable exam that we establish and meet the standards. Dealer firms have an obligation to establish a continuing education program. Continuing education is really meant to make sure that people are constantly getting proper training and are actually developing necessary skills to stay abreast of the business. So there are two types of continuing education programs when we're talking about dealers. They have regulatory element and they also have firm element. So tell us the difference between the regulatory element and the firm element requirement. So the regulatory element is really a computer-based training program. It's developed by the CE Council, which is the Regulatory Council on Continuing Education. The regulatory element training is really focused on compliance, regulation, ethics, sales practice issues. And so it's meant to make sure that the content is derived from industry rules and regulations. The firm element itself is really what it says. It's really firm-driven. So firms are required to at least annually do a needs analysis, and that's evaluating and prioritizing the training. And that's really looking at the size of the firm, the structure of the firm, the scope of the business. So after they've conducted a needs analysis, then the next requirement is to develop a written training plan. And that's to cover what are those things that on a yearly basis our representatives and our principals need to know. And of course, the last component is that they should be conducting the training that is actually mirroring and sufficient with the needs analysis that's been done by the firm. So talk to us about what's the Municipal Advisors Continuing Education Requirement. 
Municipal advisors, they're only subject to what we call continuing education, but the requirements look very much the same for developing a needs analysis, taking into consideration the scope, the size of the business of the MA firm. And they also will need to conduct a written training plan, determine those individuals that need to be subject to a particular type of training. And of course, they would actually need to deliver the training in accordance with the plan as well. The FCE plan needs to include training on fiduciary duty and the content of that training and the scope of that fiduciary duty training is dependent upon the firm based on, as Bree mentioned, the size and the scope of the businesses that that firm does. Bree, what's the difference between the representative and the principal qualifications exam? All of the MSRB's exams set forth the minimum qualification standards for representatives and also principals. So since individuals that act in a representative level capacity perform the functional nuts and bolts role, meaning they engage in primarily the core activities at the firms. So a representative level exam would test baseline understanding of the rules and regulations and job functions. Whereas when we're talking about a principal level, a person acting in that capacity, they engage in the management and they supervise also the activities of associated persons. So therefore, a person who is in a principal level exam must actually know the rules and regulations that govern municipal securities markets, but they also have to exhibit a more robust understanding, of course, the rules and regulations and the application thereto. So, Gail, what are the consequences for someone taking and not passing one of the professional qualification exams? Well, if somebody does not pass one of the qualification exams that's required, that individual is not permitted to engage in the underlying activities. If they do so without being properly qualified, they're failing to adhere to the requirements of G3, and the firm itself could be failing to supervise if they allow that person to engage in those activities when they're not properly qualified. So can an individual retake an exam, and how many times can they retake an exam if they take it and they don't pass it? So if a person fails an exam, then they have to wait a period of 30 days before they can retake the exam. After three failed attempts, an individual would have to wait six months, i.e. 180 days, before they can retake the exam. If a person ceases to be with a firm, they would have a two-year period to reassociate with a firm. Otherwise, they'd have to requalify by examination or seek a waiver from requalification. Are there any new exams on the horizon? Yes, we're in the middle of developing the Series 54, which will be the principal exam for municipal advisor principals. At the moment, they take the Series 50. They'll, in the future, have to take the Series 50 as well as the Series 54. So if someone wanted to learn more about all the professional qualification standards that we've been discussing, where do you find that information? Well, of course, there's the MSRB rulebook, but also on the MSRB.org webpage, we have a professional qualifications page for people to go to. We have templates on continuing education, establishing a training plan and doing a needs analysis. We have on-demand access to webinars that we've put on, and you could always go to the content outlines of our professional qualification exams because reading through that shows you the scope of what the baseline knowledge is required for any particular qualification. If each of you would give the listening audience one nugget that they should keep in mind about continuing education or professional qualification examinations, what would it be? I think my nugget would be that 
individuals prior to engaging in the activity need to be appropriately qualified. And I think whether you call somebody a supervisor or whether you call somebody a principal is really not relevant to whether or not they need to take the qualification exam. And same at the rep level, you have to look at the functional activities that these people engage in. I would also add to that to say that outside of taking the exam, it's mindful because CE was created to make sure that individuals always have an ongoing professionalism and professional qualification standards. So while getting past a test for qualifications is good, it's always good to remember that CE is a necessary to stay up to date on the business. Any last comments? If somebody was preparing for one of these exams, would you have any recommendations, words of wisdom for the actual exam taker? For a principal exam, recognizing, again, that you really need to understand the application of the rules to the business at hand, I think a good starting point, of course, for any exam is to read the content outline and understand what you're going to be tested on. But for a principal exam, to really look at the MSRB rules that are applicable to your business, because those rules you're going to be tested on and the application of those rules. And for a rep level exam, you know, you really need to focus on the content outline and the functions that you engage in. I would say a takeaway in studying for the exam, the MSRB has a wealth of information out there. A lot of information that is free for reviewing and listening into our webinars to Muni Ed Pro, to fact sheets that have been created, to compliance resources and tools. So there is a lot of information that can actually get you started in your review for any test that the MSRB is launching or that you're going to take. So, Gal and Bree, thank you so much. I think you've given us a wealth of information. Thank you for joining us. And please stay tuned to our upcoming new series of podcasts. If you have any comments, feedback, or suggestions for future podcast topics, please email us at msrbevents at msrb.org. The information provided in this MSRB podcast is intended for educational purposes only and provides a general overview of the subject matter. The content of the podcast is not intended to provide and does not constitute legal, investment, tax, business, or other advice and is not an MSRB rule or an amendment to or interpretation of any MSRB rule. Compliance with conduct recommended in the podcast does not mean that a firm or an individual has complied fully with obligations under the MSRB rules, other self-regulatory rules, or laws, or regulations. The MSRB podcasts are the sole property of the MSRB. You may access and download the MSRB podcast only for your educational, non-commercial use. You may not reproduce them in whole or in part in any form or reference them in any publication without the MSRB's prior written consent. Copyright 2019, the Municipal Securities Rulemaking Board, all rights reserved. And thank you for listening to MSRB Podcast.